0: You'll get plenty of attention if you follow the kingdom guidelines because you're a servant and people are grateful to be served. Add value to someone's life. You want to be successful, make yourself useful.
1: That's it. How can I help is one of the best things that I tried to teach my kids to say when they walk into a room, when they walk into a situation that they're serving, how can I help?
0: You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage
1: strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt
0: Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Before we start the show, I have something to share with you. If you or someone close to you is suffering from a sense of anxiety or loneliness, The truth is, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness, affecting 40 million adults in the United States every year alone. And according to a recent study, more than 60% of Americans report feeling lonely, left out, poorly understood, and lacking companionship. This matters a lot, because loneliness is stressful enough to raise all-cause mortality by up to 30%. So, I've written a free guide with 10 ways you can start to overcome anxiety and defeat your loneliness. Don't wait on positive emotions. Learn how to create them for yourself starting right now. You can grab the guide by heading over to drmartinfletcher.com. That's dr spelled d r martinfletcher.com.
1: Marty, Matt, you sent me a text that was like 18 screens long yesterday <laughs> about everything that you wanted to cover today in our Shepherd and Shrink conversation.
0: Well, that wasn't everything I want to cover. That was a buffet. You can choose your, the item you want, right? But there is a lot about this because I was thinking about two two reasons I want to do this right now. First of all, it had the biggest impact to understand what following Christ is like. This was the concept, right? And and is, okay? And secondly, I was thinking today, this is really what the entire podcast is about, okay? Mm-hmm.
1: What, are what, what, what are we talking? What is this?
0: okay. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of the things that people worry about that I worried about as if by wizardry began being added. So I wasn't directly going for them. I just did what or trying to do exactly what to live by the kingdom rules, laws, way, the kingdom way, let's say. Yeah. It becomes more and more apparent as I um, follow, you know, the way. You know what I'm talking about?
1: I do know what you're talking about. And, I am so thankful for me. It was something that kind of my parents shared with me for a long time before I got it. And then I kind of got it. And I had people in my life that were just pouring into me what it's like to be a part of this bigger thing. All of us want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And as kids, we can live this out too, what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God and that it is a coming kingdom. It's here, but it's not all the way here yet.
0: Yeah, it started at the cross, Yeah. Started at the cross. So what I want people to know is, and I want to hear from you, what is the kingdom? What is this kingdom? Because, you know, I can memorize the scripture, but if I don't know what it is, I can't aim at for it. So what is it? What is it not? You know, so those are the barriers that they get into. And then also, what can we do at the end? We can talk about some things that can help us um, live by those kingdom values.
1: That sounds awesome. Well, one of the most famous passages of Jesus where he really gave us a huge lesson i want to say in morality because it's impacted our laws it's impacted our court system it's impacted how we treat one another or how we don't treat each other and he's talking about the kingdom of heaven and he says seek first this is in Matthew chapter 6 and Matthew's chapter Matthew chapter 5 6 and 7 is what some people call the sermon on the mount where jesus literally sat down and everybody else was on this mountain and listening while he shared these amazing things about life. And I just think he rattled them off one after the other and was cracking up as he was doing it. So that's partly why I've been laughing so much since I was going deep in this stuff. So Jesus is saying in this one section that leads up to where he talks about the kingdom, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and your body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't plant stuff, they don't store away their stuff in barns, yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his or her life? And then he talks about clothes and how the flowers look way better than anything we can come up with to wear. And God takes care of them and how God clothes the grass. I mean, it's kind of poetic, really. Clothes the grass of the field with these beautiful colors, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So don't Worry saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. I love that. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Why would I borrow trouble from tomorrow into today? And this idea of not worrying is. I think the opposite of worry is probably trust. Mm -hmm. But I think that we're, we feel like we're responsible to worry. And if Christians are supposed to be high-minded or thinking more about other people and more about the problems of the world, you know, the problem I see with a lot of friends, a lot of Christ followers is they choose to be offended over everything. And it's crazy because I think that we can choose to respond when there is a need we can choose to act when there is something wrong
0: hey matt so that's a great point what kingdom value or if we want to call it a command mm-hmm. you know a, a, a very concerned command right so we're not to, this isn't about rewards and punishment this is all about look if you want to be in the kingdom and i think you do okay then do this and don't do that what when we go after people like that and when we worry about them or be aggressive or we're looking for things that Aren't obvious, but maybe it's a microaggression or something. So I'm going to go after you because you slipped up, and I'm going to feel this. What are we violating? What kingdom rule value or um yeah is in violation there? Because because I feel it, man. When I see it and I or I feel like doing it or doesn't sit right. It's not that joy that you're talking about and that I'm feeling talking about the kingdom. You know, when you talk about the kingdom, I I, I smile because it's like a relief. It's like oh, the tension just left. You know, that's Seriously. where I want to live. What are they violating when they do that? When there's all of this worry about things that, and, and usually we don't even see them. We hear about them. Somebody right. tells us. It's usually gossip, to be quite honest. Oh, it's, true. Here's, it's what, true. What are we violating there, though? Why does it feel so bad?
1: Oh, all kinds of stuff. We're violating the idea that God is God. God is over everything. That when dumb things happen, when evil things happen, we somehow magnify them. By our focus on them, we violate this idea of Jesus saying, quit your worrying.
0: Let me handle it. Yeah. You're not the sheriff. Yeah. You're, you're not God. I didn't appoint you or anoint you. You're not. It's not for you to go find all the problems of the world as if you have the power to, to do anything about that. I mean, there's a little bit of, I think, is it arrogance about that or or, or pride or...
1: Yeah, I had, I had the best handwritten calligraphy thing in my office for decades. From my first year being a youth minister and two of the moms who were hilarious gave me this little handwritten calligraphy thing. And it said this, Dear Matt, I can do it myself.
0: Huh. <laughs> you know, little kids do that too. I want to do it. I want to do it. Let me try uh, until you teach it out of them. Right. You know what I mean? They love to participate and, and, and get things right. done. And I also, go ahead, sorry.
1: I know it's okay it's it's living in the kingdom imagine living in a kingdom where where I don't have to be offended about everything cuz it's not about me imagine living in a kingdom where it is full of joy where there is humor to be had you know some of the funniest things happen in church happen in the kingdom of god and it's it's not nasty humor against people hmm. but it's legitimately funny freeing things that can happen some of the funniest things happen in church and and I think when I hear what Jesus is saying, when I think about what it means to live this kingdom value, it frees me up mm-hmm. from so much. It frees me up from taking myself so seriously.
0: Yes, right on there. But, but Matt, Marty, maybe you don't care about other people, but I do. I mean, that's going to be the response that some people have to that. But is that what you're saying? Just don't oh give my- a flying about this stuff?
1: No, we care about other people. God cares about people more than anything. He loves people more than anything. But
0: and then why might oh, People sorry. are made in his image. But then, 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 why am I, then why are you not complaining? And why are you not outraged by this?
1: Well, there's things that I can be outraged that I need to name. But I, I'm also not so egotistical as to think that what I think can make such a huge
0: impact. Well, uh, there's that for sure. But then the other thing is this. The higher value is what? I don't that I keep my peace. Now I'll feel sad when I see things like that. Outrage isn't going to help me. I think it usually, maybe not always, but it usually just makes it worse. Go go to someone who has made a big mistake, maybe said something irresponsible or something, and then just go be outraged with them and see what happens. Yeah. See 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 if you're restoring the kingdom or not.
1: Oh, that works really well. All yeah, right. Yeah. My wife was on some heavy drugs cuz she just had foot surgery. She watched our church service. I got home and she was like, "That was terrible why are you having the colors be this why was this person talking in front of this person why 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 and I just was like oh my gosh and I was trying to take her seriously but inside I just was like these must be the drugs talking and she got medicine mixed up and it was (laughs) awful and really funny and if I'd have chose to react like this was all that there was Mm -hmm. in this moment but I am so I'm part of such a bigger kingdom than that, good that thing she I doesn't. can offer grace to people, knowing that mm-hmm. I'm going to need it just as bad.
0: Good thing she doesn't listen to this podcast because you just out there and, and here's the other thing: I think it. I know this because I've seen it. I've done it. Um, your chance of transforming that 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 spirit is way better if you hold your peace, mm-hmm. approach them peacefully with some compassion, preferably and watch what happens that's so much better than the outrage if you want to win someone back to the towards the kingdom yeah oh, so yeah. so what what so i've been thinking what is the kingdom someone wants to say you know cuz look christ taught he wants us to think symbolically he wants to make the world beautiful the kingdom's beautiful and he spoke poetically and he and he told awesome stories and and, and he made us think he made us work with this like if you care about this i think that his his attitude is if you care about this you'll work with what i say if you trust me you will i won't it won't be obvious immediately but you will be transformed by working with this stuff okay so when he talks symbolically symbolism is it has more information than just the surface right there is the surface so so i want to say that to say this what is the kingdom why did he represent this way of being this experience this what is the kingdom and i was thinking it's reality yeah the kingdom is re- come to your senses and get with reality this is how god made the world he made us to forgive one another right we're, we're, he made us to love justice but with mercy don't sacrifice mercy that's the higher thing maybe or at least it's up there so i'm thinking like we're trying to find reality we're finding the patterns of reality so the kingdom of god is Go with God, be with God in that kingdom. He made that kingdom for you. So I'm thinking, what do you think about that idea?
1: I love it. And here's the deal. If Jesus is describing this new reality, this paradigm shift, if you want to call it that, of the kingdom of God, it means that we have a king. It means we don't mind living in a country that has a king which I think is number one. I mean, some people have called the kingdom of God a household of freedom because they want to avoid patriarchal language kind of stuff. But this household of freedom where we all live and we, we got a mom or a dad and a dad, you know what I mean? There is somebody under authority. And, and every good thing, when it is under the lordship of Christ, the kingdomship of Christ, becomes a better thing. Every good thing, when it is under the lordship of Christ, the kingship of Christ, becomes a better thing. Every bad thing, when it is under the lordship of Christ, becomes better. Every bad situation, when it is brought under this kingship, where we know, okay, I am going through a really tough time in my marriage. But under the lordship of Christ, I know this can be better. I'm having a really tough time with this child. God, you are the king of this child. Help me to understand how to line up with you in this. Yeah. Now, every good thing that is not under the lordship of Christ, every good thing that is not a God thing becomes a bad thing. But if we can realize that, that under authority, our best virtues, when they are held under our love for God, become that much more virtuous
0: got gotcha, you got gotcha, you got gotcha. you that's that's really good
1: the kingship of christ in this kingdom of heaven the kingdom of god is led by a king who got down off his throne washed his followers his betrayers feet yes and died
0: took in- three nail spikes yeah was humiliated yeah right never was self-serving that's always the
1: king that we were yes he was, he
0: was always generous and 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 showing us that's so how we can do that mm-hmm. um so secondly so i think it's reality and so then why do we find ourselves if we are living in the kingdom we're living in reality i'm not naked right i am close i'm not hungry i'm fed i mean that's why these things just aren't working themselves out do that will and watch what happens You know, the the creativity of God and the caregiving of God just comes into your life and different people come into life. When you're, if if you want to be successful, don't work on being wonderful. Don't work on doing those things to bring attention to yourself. You'll get plenty of attention if you follow the kingdom guidelines because you're a servant and people are grateful to be served. Add value to someone's life. You want to be successful, make yourself useful.
1: That's it. How can I help? is one of the best things that I tried to teach my kids to say when they walk into a room, when they walk into a situation, when they're with somebody, especially like a boss
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, or somebody that they're serving, how can I help? And then get started helping. Yes. How can I help in the kingdom of God would be, how can I make, how can I enact this kingdom that Jesus tells us about right now, right here, right where I am.
0: So I, I like to look for the, what's the, what are the mechanisms for this? Why does it work? So what happened with me was, um, When I came in 2014 to this, I had just previously funded around for a new product and I knew it wasn't going to get released. There was a bunch of reasons that aren't important. I said, this isn't going to work. And I was at perfect peace. Now, the one that failed before that, that spun me into, you know, depression and all this other kind of stuff, I was, I thought my life was over. I was crushed. I was not living in the kingdom of God, but I had the sense of everything's going to be okay. And guess what? It was. So I think what it was the mechanism that was working. First of all is this, if you love everybody and it starts to become natural, which means that you, you relate to them with a frame of reference that they're of supreme value. Mm -hmm. Like that's just inside you watch how they respond and you'll start to, because it'll become automatic. You won't even realize that you're doing it. Now you start getting invitations. They're very grateful. They talk about you because people feel that. Right, That's one thing that happened. And also, I was I got out of my own head about what I think people would like and started listening to what they want and observing them, not thinking about myself. These are the things that were kind of under the undercurrent to this whole kingdom living. It
1: changes everything, doesn't it? It
0: changes everything. And then guess what happens? You start to get rewarded, but the rewards just don't matter that much right? The recognition is sort of like, eh, you know, thank you. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's not what I'm in it for because it's we're not doing it for the rewards. Like, oh, I want to be clothed better. I want to eat better. You're not doing that. That's a byproduct, which is nice. Appreciate that. The reward is immediate. When you're living in the kingdom, the reward is immediate because you feel joy, even a low level joy, peace. You feel like every day doesn't need a whole lot of novelty right into it because i already feel great cuz i'm connected with god with the almighty mm. i hope that we're getting close to to this cuz it's kind of hard to talk about cuz it's so unlike the world so and like secondly i was saying so so how do i do that study christ be christ like if you're going to be in the kingdom of god he showed you how to be a citizen here mm. right how to belong how to participate and contribute to the kingdom be like christ how am i going to be like christ
1: well it'd be like if i said oh as if i were dating somebody said oh i'm date i started dating this girl she's a christian what does that mean to you? Oh, I'm, my, I just found out my boss is a Christian. What does that mean to you? Oh, I've got a roommate and I just found out he's a Christian. What does that mean? He's in the club? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you know, we've got this image in our mind, oh, it means that they're squares, it means that they're somber, can't tell the difference between a Christian and a wall because they're so boring.
0: Yeah, hey, fun,
1: right? Right. When the the truth is there's a lot of Christians that act like a wall and you can't tell the difference anyway, but that's another, that's another.
0: <laughs> you talk about me.
1: I know some of, uh, no, don't ask me. Uh, no, but but I think when you look at what the Christians were like and the Christ followers were like after Jesus, they did not fear. Mm. They did not worry. They lived in the moment, but not just for the moment. They didn't fear. They were selfless. I think these are the characteristics of the kingdom. They did not fear. They were selfless. They were generous. They were compassionate for people, not just their loved ones or the people they knew or the people that could pay them back or the people that could do them favors. They were compassionate toward everybody. And it doesn't mean they got walked over all the time, but it meant that they were compassionate for people.
0: What did Paul say? He said, I've I've learned... Oh, paraphrase it. I've learned to be satisfied in all circumstances when I have and when I don't have. How that's awesome. You know, that's that's exactly what people are looking for with, with the things of the world. And it doesn't work, it'll work for a little while, maybe, sometimes, but not 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 for the long haul. So oh, being yeah. Christ like, how, how about this? Study him. If you want to know him, study, him. open the book talk to other people who, who know, find people like that. But if you don't know his nature, you'll never arrive at it yourself because yeah. you won't know what to do.
1: Yeah, and we have this firsthand document called the Bible, and it's specifically about the life of Jesus would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you can <laughs> find Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You know, I think it's kind of controversial in some ways. People could be like, oh, yeah, whatever. Because we're almost sounding like we, in the kingdom of God, can be unoffendable. You can choose to be unoffendable. And a lot of people push back on that. You know, that, that being, being offended is a choice I make. And, and some people even find that statement that you can be unoffendable. They, can, they find that offensive. The word offended is bringing up stuff like anger and resentment. Having your senses affronted is to be offended. Mm. It's taking the offense that somehow I'm entitled to be angry with somebody
0: that I'm so glad we're talking about this because um, if you can be compassionate which that is the higher thing like I'm offended is lower than compassion if you're going to follow this way right that was not the response that we were commanded to have compassion always how do you have compassion for these jerks who shoot off at the mouth and whatever well start by looking in the mirror because you have done it yourself and you are judgmental, right? We all are. We got you know, We fight against that, right? There's the temptation to judge other people. You're, you know, separating, dividing when, when we do that. Just be careful. Let's say, I'll say, be careful that you don't do that. If anything interferes with compassion, stop. Back it up right? So, can I be offended? I mean, phenomenologically, which means, okay, my blood pressure's up, my muscles are tight, you know, my my, my brows go down, and I feel like I just need to tell this person how awful they are. Okay, if I can do that at the same time, have the experience of compassion, I guess go for it, but I can't see how you can do that. Yeah,
1: it's pretty rare, and you know, interesting, a lot of Christian people would say, well, aren't I supposed to be angry at people for certain things? Isn't be offended, being offended part of being a Christian? And I would, I would argue against what people would say is fair-minded and spiritually mature. In scripture, it says, not only can we choose to be unoffendable, but we should.
0: Yeah, so where does it say that?
1: Well, it talks about not hanging on to anger.
0: Yeah, I'm right on, man. It's
1: not just hang on to it for a while. It says, do not hang on to your anger. Forfeit our right to anger. It makes us deny ourselves. And who said that? Jesus. Right on. Deny yourself, deny your right to act like you're part of some other kingdom when we've been called to his king, to seek his kingdom and his righteousness.
0: Let's take it further, Matt, because he also had, Christ also had a a big problem with the self righteous piety of the Pharisees. So let's be careful in our offended state that we're not becoming that way. Because like, we can juxtapose those two, the way the Pharisees, who were the religious people at the time, so being a Christian was like being a Pharisee, okay? Let's be careful that we're not moving into that instead of Christ's nature, which is did Christ not care? Of course he cared. I mean, sacrificed everything's God, right? So of course he did. so it's so how was he offended? What did he do when he was offended? They'll say they'll pick the ones that make their point. people who believe that. He tipped over the tables, made a whip, all that kind of stuff. they'll pick that. but but taking the whole story because those are have to, those are context dependent too, and that also fulfilled prophecy.
1: Right. You know, know when he was most offended is when people were screwing with the worship of God.
0: Say more about that.
1: When Jesus was most offended is when on the Sabbath, he was brought a man with a withered hand and he healed the guy and the Pharisees. And then, of course, he sees the Pharisees watching, you know, is he going to heal on the Sabbath? That's a no, no. You know, when Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Of course, he's going to heal on the Sabbath. When he's in the temple, and you talked about, he's like, what is going on? They turned this into a circus. You "You guys are idiots. (laughs) Yeah, and he dumps all the tables, you know, violently. He turns the tables.
0: But he didn't go after a person. He didn't choke anybody or beat their head against the table, right? Well,
1: he did make a thing of whips to drive all the animals out because everybody was bartering sometimes
0: you gotta make a whip to drive the animals out so but but i'm saying what they're doing is they're taking a little bit of that and to generalize when people do that sort of thing Um, if you're gonna meet somebody who is you know whatever the ism is that you think that they are your best bet if you if you if you want to help them because maybe you don't want to help them maybe you just want to punish them or be self-righteous but if your desire is to help them show them the kingdom Mm. in that moment show them the kingdom
1: but don't use it as a weapon against them.
0: I don't. How I don't even know how it could be a weapon. I mean, you know what I mean? Like people respond to compassion. Like if it's sincere, if it's not, it's just a lie. Don't lie, right?
1: Yeah. And every time Jesus was most upset when he was weeping before Jerusalem because he saw how wrong they were getting it, how they weren't seeking God's kingdom.
0: That's. I'm glad that you said that because his attitude, it says in scriptures, shows us is this. And you can give me the you're you're the you're the shepherd. I'm not. I don't. I don't have this one memorized. But he said how I long to gather you under my wing. He he wanted to take care of them and get them back on the right way. He didn't want to punish them, judge or embarrass, humiliate or what do you say? Uh, cancel them, you know?
1: Right. And I think that we, because of technology, we are so vulnerable to it today. Technology can be used for so many good things, like great conversations, like we're having. But it can. It can also be used, misused, I guess you'd say, to promote other stuff than the kingdom of God.
0: Yes. Okay. I had another thought about the kingdom because we, we, I just want to get to the qualities of the kingdom, what it is, what it isn't. I think that it's, it's really important and it was for me is to renounce the kingdoms of the world, identify the kingdoms of the world and what the world tells you because, man, that's a strong pull. Every day, that's a strong pull. And, and the big ones, I think, are hedonism, right? Pleasure is fine, um, but not in and of itself, right? Pleasure is a byproduct of living in the kingdom, I think, mm-hmm. right? But if you're chasing pleasure, and that's where you get into the bad drug use and, uh, you know, pornography and things like that, you know, and then also don't seek worldly gain. I'm afraid that some of the people I'm, I listen to and know, they're going for worldly gain by the way of Christianity in air quotes, right? Interesting. Have you? I know you've seen that. I mean, there's a whole gospel. I won't mention the name of it. That that is all about that. Like, no, go seek first the kingdom of God, so you can get all of these worldly things. You'll have more money. You'll dress better. You have four thousand dollars sneakers. Right. Know?
1: Right. Yeah. So, oh, it's it's a trap.
0: What are the kingdoms of the world? Uh vengeance. That's mm-hmm. of the world. That's not of God. God is of forgiveness. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're supposed to. Yes, we're going to get angry, but then we have to get rid of it. So deal with it. We have no right to. It. Mm-hmm
0: hypocrisy that's 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 in the kingdom of the world isn't it look how self-righteous i am look uh, and I, you'll know because i'm going to tell you how bad you are
1: yeah yeah it's opposite of the humility of the kingdom of god
0: right so it, so if you're living in that king a, a kingdom of the world if you're living in that then you must you'll you'll find your life by losing that yeah right that's what it's said in the scriptures so by by seeking first the kingdom of god like you said and and looking up towards those things, you'll find your life, but you have to renounce the, the, the kingdoms of the world.
1: Right. Right. If I'm so busy holding on to myself and my stuff and my needs and my attitudes and my wants that I'm close fisted yes. to, re- to receiving anything that God would have to give me, God's not going to force me to pry my hands open mm-hmm. Because he because we have a will. We have That's- a will that God has given us. I think that for us to seek first, the kingdom of God, that is our will that, that enables us to do that. Where does our will come from? Interestingly, if we have a will, that means we have a choice because we can will what is good or we can will what is not good. And without a will, there's no choice. And interesting, right before we talk about reading about Jesus saying, don't worry, quit your worrying, you morons. He left that off. He says this, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy. He's got something so much better for you, so much bigger for you. Where thieves break in and steal. Don't store your your crap up on uh, treasures, not crap, treasures on earth, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Do I want my heart to be in every hobby, every interest, every curiosity that I have? Or do I own my heart to be with God, seeking his kingdom? And it's interesting that this is in here. It says, this is from Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 now. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Isn't that amazing? I feel like I'm in the light, but the only way I know I'm in the light is because of these two things on my face. Mm -hmm. I might feel warmth, but I could feel warmth whether I was in the light or dark. Mm -hmm. The only way I know I'm in the light is because of our eyes. And so much comes in to mess with my heart from, from what I see or what I read. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And then he says this, no one can serve two masters. In other words, you can't have two kingdoms. We might be living with one foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the kingdom of the world or the kingdom of earth. But no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the thing—the thing about the eyes, I think, is important too, symbolically. Which is, that's how we not only navigate around, move, whatever, but it's also where we direct our attention, right? What am I looking towards? What am I looking at? You know, and the people that I've—I have a lot of, like, sixty-five, sixty-six percent of Americans are Christian, depending on where you live. Around here, definitely, most of the, most of the people I see when I ask them they um, in an intake assessment. They say, "Well, I was born Christian," or they say, "I am a Christian," or or something like that. But they wonder why God's so far away. Where are your eyes going? What are you looking at? I ask them, "How hard are you looking?" And you know what they usually say? How much much effort are you giving to seeking Him out? Because you got to seek first the kingdom. Don't like, okay, where's the kingdom? What what time is it? When's it come? No, you have to seek it. Look for it. When I ask them how hard they're looking, guess what they say? Not too. Not too hard. (laughs) Not very hard.
1: It's like when my wife tells me to go down in the garage and find some plate or some tray and I go down and I do like once around our garage and then Mm -hmm. I'm back up. I can't Mm -hmm. find it.
0: No better. Why don't you just sit in the chair and wait for the plate to roll into the room for you? Yeah. That's that, what we do, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's what a lot we of people do.
1: expect the answers to come to us.
0: Yeah. Where are you? Where are you? Give me this and whatever. No, you're, you're commanded to. You know, if you seek, you'll find. There's no question. It won't. He's not withholding. Now, I'd have my moments. You know, in my youth, and you know, where you get really desperate, you're like, okay, God, help. I'll, I'll do anything, kind of thing like that. Nah, that wasn't true. I was lying to myself and I was lying to God because what I really wanted was get me out of this jam so I can go back to this. My kingdom, living. You know, I wasn't surrendered. You have to really surrender everything to this. Yeah, it takes a lot of faith, right? That's why most people won't do it till they're at rock bottom, right? Right, because when there's nothing left to hold on to, because you don't want it, it's unmanageable. Then maybe you'll surrender. Some people do it differently, but th- let's not lie to ourselves. If you want this, you have to lose your life. If you want to gain that life, that means lose it. Buy. Give it.
1: That's right. And you know, we want God to make up our mind for us, like. You think about it, mm-hmm. managers have to decide what to do. Workers just do what they're told. Mm-hmm. And that's why managers get paid more because they're saying, no, do this, not that. Yes. Whereas workers, just they're just paid to do what they're told and not to decide what to do. I'm speaking in general. I, terms. I agree. And I can remember talking to God and saying, Lord, if you would, and this was me as a kid, if you would just levitate me in my bedroom, nobody has to see mm-hmm just a couple few feet off the floor. I will believe in you. I will serve you. I will do whatever you tell me to do. I'll become mm-hmm. a pastor, or whatever. I don't know. And he never did that.
0: And yeah, the evidence there, wasn't sufficient for you, was it? Like you haven't shown me enough. It's like, there's this amazing thing like the sun that rises and sinks and there's like, <laughs> that's not enough. I need to levitate. Let me. I die. Know. Yeah, I yes. know. And he, he
1: never took away my choice. We th- we yes. want to th- go through life thinking there will never have to come a time where I have mm-hmm. to choose God, where I have to choose heaven, where I have to choose Christ, that somehow I can just take all my choices that make no sense and have no logic to them, and they're just basically my feelings, that I'm taking all of them with me, because all feelings are the same, right? Yes. No, they're not, but... yes. I can somehow turn bad into good if I work hard enough or just give me enough time. It's all going to be fine. When there is a point where it is an either or choice. And that's kind of what Jesus is saying. Seek first the kingdom. Yes. You yes. have to choose it. And if, if God takes that choice away from me, then I am not in a relationship with him. I'm yeah. a robot. Yeah. I have no choice to be in this relationship to make him my king, my friend, yeah. my best friend, You know, my teacher. He's not going to force himself no. on me and take away my choice because that's not a relationship. And the one thing God wants from us is a love relationship with us.
0: Well, if he turns Matt Hook into a robot, he has to destroy Matt Hook and, and make him something else. He's not going to destroy you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like you'd have to kill me to turn me into a robot or kill an important part of me. And there's no love possible without choice. Yeah. So when, you say, when we say seek, the other thing that I'm learning is this. I'm learning, he didn't say identify the kingdom or uh, find the kingdom of God. He says, seek the kingdom of God, because I'm learning about it as I'm doing it. And as I'm talking to other people who are doing it, and as I'm studying it, You know, it's, it, it, it's a way of being.
1: Seek is a word we don't use that much. We say hide and seek, and we don't look very hard.
0: That's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The other thing I'd say about the seek first the kingdom of God is we have to be careful that we don't put it in that reward punishment framework because because a lot of people do that they they say okay if i just do what you want me to do okay i'm willing to do it though then i I do want those rewards i want all those things to be added to me it won't work like that
1: it doesn't say bargain for the kingdom of god it says seek first the kingdom of
0: god because the kingdom is good not because you're going to get goodies right the kingdom (laughs) is good right that's why we do it then the things get then the things will be added to you Mm-hmm. Don't seek first the things that you want added to you. Seek first the kingdom. And then, but I, I'm going to tell you, it, they won't mean as much. The money won't mean as much. The fame or recognition won't mean as much. You know, the wild people are recognized, It just don't, it doesn't, because it's not what's important anymore.
1: You know, what goes along with that is happiness or joy. And if you think about it, it says, I remember getting a card from a Catholic <laughs> priest and it said, happiness is not a destination. It's a way of traveling. You don't go seeking happiness. You travel in a way that honors God and this byproduct as you're going along is happiness, is joy, is peace, is patience, is goodness. Faith is this hope. I had a discussion with a woman yesterday and this goes along with seeking the kingdom of God. She was so misunderstanding of hope because she thought it was something she had to generate from within herself, Mm -hmm. but she had this, picture on her wall that was a black and white photo of tulips and it's and under these three tulips it said faith hope and love and she realized hope is right in between faith and love yeah and that's the beautiful line from first corinthians 13 faith hope and love and she realized hope isn't Something she has to generate within herself. The kingdom of God, it, it is within us, but it's not something we generate ourselves. It's something that we join mm. God in. And hope is the same thing. She just has to stay close to Christ. Yeah. And receive the hope.
0: That's good because that goes back to to the, the kingdom as this. I'm living in the kingdom and if I believe and I, and I have faith and confidence in God, there, there's always hope. That is the hope. That is the hope. I'd have to think that through to say it more clearly, but I just made a connection with that. You don't have to figure out where it is.
1: No, it comes from God. Yes. Along with faith and along with love.
0: So the other kingdoms of the world, I want you to comment on this because I, I marvel at this one regularly. Matthew 19, 23, 24, right? And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. So he didn't say it's impossible, right? Why? Because our kingdom here is all, it's materialism, status, prestige, right? I get more stuff. That's evidence that I'm a successful person. I've done it the right way. I'm at the top of it you know, over people. Why is it harder? Why did the, why, why do those values interfere with kingdom living?
1: I think because you do experience benefits now and those benefits are hard to put second to God.
0: Clarify that a little bit. Um, You're saying like, look, material things can be good, right? Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, they're new more, they're neutral. They're not bad or good. I mean, they're good if people don't have them and need them. People need clothing. People need shelter. People need food and clean drinking water. Yeah. They need those things. If you, I don't really count those as what we're, we're talking about when it comes to material benefits. But the idea that comfort, we, we end up relying on the gifts rather than the giver of the good gifts.
0: I told you in our morning group that my kids for my birthday bought me this poster for the gym that says, uh, Comfort is a slow death. Prefer pain. Because I'm going to tell you what too much comfort does. It wrecks people. We like to, you know, you don't want to be in misery constantly 24-7, but we, we are made to be challenged. You know, we're made to be really, really cold and then get warm and feel the relief from that. You know, we're, we're made to exercise. Exercise is hard, man. Your body doesn't know if we're running from a rhinoceros or, you know, whatever. It just knows that we got to go. That's how our bodies. Re- then when you're done, you feel really, really good. We are beasts of burden. And if we don't have important, meaningful work, we're comfort. It's it's, that twilight zone with Sebastian Cabot. Remember that one from um, family affair. And he was the devil. Oh, and so okay. this this really bad guy gets uh, goes to um, heaven. He thinks because everything he wants is just available to him. So he's a gambler. So he keeps winning everything. Whenever he wants good food, he comes, and all the stuff. And at the end, he goes, "Okay, I don't want to be here anymore." To Sebastian Cabot, devil character, right? I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be in heaven. And then um, the punchline is, of course, who says you're in heaven? Ha <laughs> You know, right? So 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 all that comfort thing, no it's the chase that like you say that that that's important and the other thing is this i don't know many people who've become accidentally rich they have aimed at it they've sacrificed for it they've they've put their energy they've sacrificed relationships for not all okay but i'm saying the guy that he was talking about christ in this verse that guy loved his money he wanted to live in that kingdom right he was willing to do lots of other things but not i can't give you that
1: he was a good guy and, yeah, he,
0: he did the right things, he but he loved him, but he loved that his wealth so much that he couldn't give it to other people. So, so I don't think I, I don't generalize that to everybody. Like don't have money or anything like that. No people, money can do wonderful things. A lot of goods brought into the world by that, but don't like love that. Don't live into that kingdom. I think,
1: I think it goes back to that idea of the ultimate choice of my will. Do I choose my money and my comfort over God? Yeah. Do I choose my wife? over god do i choose my children over god or do i choose god over my children and then Mm -hmm. there's so much more blessing to be had by my children do i choose god over my wife there should be more blessing for my wife because i'm choosing putting god first that's putting the kingdom first
0: yeah and and it gets added it's not the point and the goal because what you're saying is like uh, what what that guy said when to christ was all right there is this one thing that's more important than you Mm
1: -hmm. my money i'm i'm just not willing to go there
0: Jesus. Okay. So let's talk about how, because because the world will draw us away from this, right? It seems to be designed to draw us away, not designed, but you know what I mean? The The way that we do, put up our institutions and the messages that we get and the, the friend groups and all this kind of stuff. So if we're not so we have to have something to do. So what do I do in the kingdom? What, what, what brings me closer to that kingdom? Let's talk about some of those things. So the first thing that I, I want to know what you think too, not just about what I say, but what do you do? But the first thing I'll notice that I'm getting away from it. The, my number one thing that will draw me away from that and make me, it, that will disrupt my peace. all that kind of stuff. If I miss jerk. Yeah. Make, make me a jerk. Exactly. That, that jerk. <laughs> Maybe see solitude man, what is it about solitude? I've been thinking about this for a long time because I know the effect it has on me. Solitude for me is just the awareness of being, the awareness of the worldly things. In solitude, I go away from the world like Christ did. Christ, when he, a lot was asked of him, right? All sorts of stress and stuff, but he knew to go get solitude. He went away from that for, for periods and went and prayed fast. It got away from that stuff. If I miss that, then the world starts creeping in the worries, the concerns, you know, all that kind of stuff, the superficial stuff, you know?
1: Yeah. How, how
0: does uh, how does solitude help you connect to the kingdom? And, I, and how do you do it? Do you do you schedule it? What do you do?
1: Early morning's my favorite time mm-hmm. yep. for solitude for me. If I miss it then, I most likely missed it for the day. It's so hard to just get away. So for me, solitude, and solitude doesn't have to just mean sitting there picking my butt. It can be reading. It can be enjoying. It's delighting in God. It's Solitude is a huge one. For me, serving, forgetting about myself and going to visit somebody. And it's usually not my first choice. But when I do and I walk away, I'm almost always thanking God.
0: Uh, good. That's, uh, that's really good. I, I like that you're talking about fighting, or not fighting maybe, but... Ignoring your nature and impulses to do what God wants you to do because God wants you to do that. He commands us to do that, to, to be of service to other people and put other people ahead of us. You really putting other people at it. Not all the time where you're with an abusive person. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that kindness and generosity that's expressed through another person. That's important. And sometimes you don't feel like doing, but you're always glad when you do. Second thing is that's really helped me is too memorizing scripture. Right. There there's something about that. And and a lot of people don't like to memorize stuff. They think that they can't. There are, are really good apps out there that you can search. I have one and, and it gives you little ways of doing that. But there's something about having that scripture available to you that, it that, is that,
1: anointed. Scripture is anointed, mm-hmm. meaning it is set apart. It can be used by God and and it is a way to see your life changed.
0: Yeah. It's a way to see life in a way that you're changed. Right. So so what it does is it changes the lenses by which we interpret things you know, and events. Uh, so, so it's nice to read it because you get that hit of excitement and things like that. Are like, this is really cool. Take it further, have it available all the time. So then you can interpret and evaluate events in the world in that kingdom in ways that's through kingdom lenses. So I would encourage people, especially the ones, don't just go down a list, find the one that means something to you that's relevant right now and, and, and get that inside So it becomes you. The other thing is prayer. We have a whole podcast on that people can check out. Fourth one I want to talk a little bit about though. Because There's a lot of baggage attached to this that there ought not be obey if you're going to be in the kingdom, get to know the rules like if I move to you know China or something like that I don't you know I'm gonna have to learn how to be in those kingdoms in China. you want to obey. why is that such a turnoff?
1: We think of obedience we think we have been painted a mental picture of of like a dog obedience school is mm-hmm. the first thing that you kind of think of obey
0: mm-hmm. want a master know, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to have a master if I'd obey. I don't want to have a master. I'm in charge.
1: That's right. And well, that's the whole kingdom of God. That's the whole kingdom of God, meaning Christ is our king. We are people who like to live under the rulership of a king as a Christian. That's what that is.
0: That's right. So we have to humble ourselves. God favors the humble and opposes the proud. I'll tell you, humility, if you can do it, boy, is it a relief. Boy, is it a relief to not be self-conscious, worried about what people think about you and things like that or to be able to admit to yourself, yeah, you know what? I can accept myself. I'm fallible. I made a big mistake there. What did I expect? Perfection from me? No. You know, get get down off of that.
1: And just one one key, one secret to humility. It's not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less.
0: It is that for sure. And it's also like don't punish yourself. Expect to make some mistakes. You're not all that. You didn't just bound off mount olympus you know you're not a god you're just a person and you'll find relief in that but what you're saying is true like you're not like beating up on yourself you're not mistreating yourself by doing that you're just accepting yourself yeah having realistic expectations for yourself you know I it's a way
1: to myself up all the time because i make so many mistakes and sometimes it drives me crazy like when i'm trying to record a solo podcast and yeah it takes like five people to help me get it put up online yeah. where we can actually share it but yeah it's also something so absurd. I am such an absurd person. Just reality is absurd. But mm-hmm. once I accept that it is, then it no longer bugs me the same. Well, sure, was, I can get annoyed and frustrated and mm-hmm. angry, but but it's not about me.
0: Yeah, you got your eyes on eternity, mm-hmm. not that part not the, of
1: a bigger kingdom.
0: Exactly. Okay, and then the only last point I would I would have is this, and then we kind of touched on it a little bit. When we seek first the kingdom of God, don't be works focused on that. It's it's like you're enjoying living in that kingdom. That is the reward, right? So we're not doing it to get good stuff. If I'm just a good enough person, then I won't have all these bills or debt or whatever like that. It, it, don't do it for that reason because you're not in the kingdom. That's not the attitude. That's not the way.
1: You said it. Well, listen, why don't we pray yes. for God's kingdom? Okay, let's. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you have said the kingdom is within you because when we have you lord jesus in us you bring us your ways and you show us a better way and we learn that we can let go of what we don't trust we can learn that we can let go of ourselves we can forget about ourselves and we can just magnify you lord i thank you that even when we try to make it complicated you laugh and you tell stories and you say become like young children, become childlike, and see what my kingdom is like. Lord, I thank you that you have called us to be followers of you, and that you have called us to be citizens of your kingdom, and how unique and different it is, and to be a part of something so much bigger than ourselves is pretty awesome. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us seek you first, not just with our leftovers, but what a difference it would make as we seek you first in joy in curiosity and wonder and that it's not some awful burden that we have to do all the time. Thanks God so much for reminding us how much you love us and ask that you would bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to DrMartinFletcher.com.